Welcome into today's episode, and man, what a blessing you guys have. I am currently not here. I am in Georgia at a Life Teen Summer Camp leading worship for the week, so this was all pre-recorded. So this is like, uh, you know, time travel. I'm just like Loki. So, uh, you know, I hope that you guys enjoyed it. We put a lot of work into it before I left so that we could do this, and a, a certain someone is here with me. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you do, hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you are listening to the podcast. Enjoy. Uh, Siri, leave me alone, please. I'm trying to record an intro to the podcast. All right. Enjoy today's show. Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll, and we have a grand return after taking three or four months off for the summer. Jonathan Lene Bearded Blevins has returned. Dun, John, dun, welcome dun, back. Dun, 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 dun. Is it that a return song? Uh, not Return of the King, the Return of the Jedi. There you go. Oh, yeah. Dude, Taylor, how are you? I'm doing great, man. I, we're, we're back. We touched base last week, and, and uh, you were like, yeah. I, th- I think I can come back, so we know for at least the next couple of months you'll be here. Yeah, we scheduled uh, some things. I missed you. <laughs> I missed you, too. I really did. Uh, I think the theme of this first uh, little segment here is that uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Uh, because I, I did. I missed you. Like, you know, the first couple of weeks, it was like, okay, good. I needed a break from that guy. Wow. And then the longer it went through the summer, I was like... I started doing some things where I started missing you and I started feeling some things and I, uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But, um, remind the people why you decided to break up with me for a little while. So, okay. Yeah, we, it was a break <laughs> and most people, you know, immature people take breaks to break up with people. Uh, mature people take breaks to just take a break and then they come back, you know? Um, I had, I had a lot going on this summer and I wanted to make sure that I focused on the things I need to focus on to make sure that I'm setting myself and my family up for the best possible year of 2021, 2022. So, um, I needed a little more time, a little less things in the schedule. I did a lot of super scores, hockey stuff, which was fun. The lightning won the Stanley cup since last you and I talked. Does anyone they care did. about that? They, I mean, <laughs> here's the thing, John, here's the thing. I, I, it was a pen, not a pendulum, but like a like you know, like the weight thing, like the justice, the scales of scales of justice, yeah. I think it's called. You know, where it's like I love the NFL and I love you, and I think Super Squares is pretty cool. Like that's where all these things kind of line up for me, yeah. right? So like during football season, like I don't think I think maybe I missed one week just because I was busy or something. Yeah, but like I'm in, right? And but like I tell you what, man. <laughs> Like, my lack of care for hockey, apparently, I didn't know this. I think it's kind of sad. My lack of care for hockey just absolutely outweighed wanting to support you because I just couldn't care any less about hockey and Super <laughs> Squares hockey. Listen, that's okay. We made the game a lot more fun, so we're ready for, for football to come up, which I'm so pumped for football. Um, I had a lot of personal stuff over the summer that I was working on, some Beard Blevins projects and things I was trying to line up for next year. Had some great family time. Uh, it was, you know, you know, dude, it's been a crazy year. And a lot of people maybe have been lucky and stayed home and like were able to make that work and still spend a lot of time with family. I had to spend kind of a lot of time away from the family, still stuck in the basement, working from here and everything. So it was good to do some some traveling. Went to Arizona, 
Uh, I took my boys camping, which is like a thing I didn't think I'd ever do. And now I'm a camper. I was so surprised. We have we have been in agreement for so long about our hatred for camping. And then all of a sudden you leave me for two months and I guess my influence wore off. I know. And, a camper now. and now I'm a camper. And now I'm a camper. Like, listen, dude, it's one more. I, it was my first time ever. It was amazing. One more camping experience. That's the opposite of that one where I'm like smothered in bugs and sunburnt and sweaty. I will never go again. But th- it was a perfect night. Um, and then just a ton of work stuff, man. We had Totus to us, vacation, Bible school, theology on tap this summer. Like summer's supposed to be a restful time for people in ministry, and it was not. Right. But yeah. but in general, it was a very it was a very good few months. I I did realize this is my first time. Like you know, this is Fourth Catholic is a ministry, but it's different than like all the ministry that I've been doing beforehand, like parish based ministry, where you know working with students they take off most of the summer, so you take off most of the summer, right? Yeah. Where this summer. Like podcasts don't take breaks, you know, like I mean, they do, but it's not because of the summer. It's just because people are like, yeah, we're going to take a break. Or we're going to take a season here. I've been busier <laughs> in the <laughs> summer than I was during the school year. And like, not only have I been busier, but also my kids are home all the time. So let's just say Taylor's stress levels have been a little high, just a little high. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, summer was not summer for the first time in a very long time. The summer was busy, but, you know, like, do you think that you taking the break, not just from me, you took a break from a bunch of other stuff, too. Like, was it successful? Do you feel like you accomplished what you wanted to or not? That's a great question. And I hate that I have to be so vague, but there's some fun things I'm working on that hopefully I'll be able to share soon with all of our amazing Forte Catholic listeners. Um, I would say it was 75% successful and that it's the the rest of the 20, am I get I'm horrible at math. The rest of the 25%. Is yep. like still happening. So it's not like it was Good. 75% successful and that's it. It could still be 100%. Um, but one thing that was super helpful was, was I, and like you said, I cut everything. There were a couple of times people would like tweet at me and be like, hey, can you come on my podcast? And I quote tweeted it and said no, hoping you would see it. So you didn't think I was like oh, just I, I saying didn't. no to you? No, I definitely didn't. Yeah, like I did not do one podcast all summer. I did not go on one thing with anyone all summer long. I was very proud of myself. And I also just like was showing, like proving that, you know, that it wasn't about the show. It was about my actual schedule. And so I'm excited about I, what... I have a follow-up, though. Please. I, I, you tell me if I'm wrong. Because I, I wasn't trying... Like, I, I purposely, like, didn't stalk you. Because I didn't want to know the answer. <laughs> if you were... Yeah. Actually, you know. So, like, you did it for me and I didn't even see it. Because I was, like, purposely trying not to stalk you. Uh, but didn't you make a trip to Houston? No, I did not. You did not. Okay. Because because you, you said, like, but even before we took our break, that you said it was, like, a possibility. And I saw that you did an event in Houston, but I guess it was digital, right? I, I, yes. Now it's I'm, I'm calling. Yep, I would have been I, – I, I, I would have been real upset if you came an hour from me and didn't say Dude, anything. I would never do that. You know that. I would never do that to you. I would never do that to a couple other of my friends in Houston. And then there's some people, like, that I don't know as well as I know you and my other friends who I would who would be mad at me, too, if I didn't, like, say, hey, I'll be at this bar for one hour coming right. out in Houston. Right. For some reason, like half the people I know on the internet are from Texas. Yeah, because Texas is the best. Texas is awesome. <laughs> okay, so we we got through the summer, and it was one of those things like we had Edmund fill in, and uh, but like towards the end of the summer, I was like, man, I, I I really want John to come back. Like I really started feeling like that. That it really was like about two months in. Like so, like maybe you know, I was a little sad when he took the break, but then like the next you know two months, I was like, okay. Just kind of neutral about it. Not great, not terrible, just kind of neutral. Yeah. But then, like, over the last few weeks, 
I was like, man, I, I miss John. And so I reached out to you. I was like, can we, you know, can we kind of touch base? Because we planned to touch base around this time just to kind of see how we were going to move forward, whether you're going to stay on the show or not and all these things. And uh, so I reached out to you, but also I was like, you know, I know that John has been on Family Feud a couple of times and you've told me about this and I'm a big fan of Family Feud, but just with how life was and like I was always talking to you anyway. So, you know, I, I would get how your life is going, but I was like, you know what? I, I had kind of a lazy Saturday a couple of weeks ago <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to watch John on Family Feud. Uh, there was one time like before anybody got famous for, for those that don't know, like your brother is Tyler Ninja Blevins, one of the most fa- you know famous people alive because of his gaming. But even before any of that, when y'all were really young, uh, you and the family, you, your two brothers, uh, and some, some random guy <laughs> who I didn't know and Jody <laughs> all went on family feud, like just as a normal family. And then, yeah. like, I, I knew, like, two years ago, y'all went on Celebrity Family Feud because your brother's a celebrity, and y'all all went back, which I thought was cool. But I didn't know for a long time that y'all were on it just as, like, the normal white family versus the normal black family. Like, there's this joke all the time where it's, like, this boring white family and the really exciting black family. And that was you guys. You guys got to live that. Except we were not boring. <laughs> and I can confirm that, that that Family Feud actually does try to pair white families versus black families on purpose, which is funny. <laughs> it was. It is really funny. So I ended up watching a lot. Like, I, I watched a bunch of Celebrity Family Feud. It, 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 like, they released it on Hulu. So I watched a bunch of celebrities okay. go. And then I was like, oh, I saw... Y'all's. And I was like, oh, I need to go back and watch the other ones first. So here's young John with young Jody. And like, you have hidden Jody from me, like our entire <laughs> friendship. I've everyone, never, everyone says that. I've never talked to Jody. I've never seen Jody. Now, there have been like two or three times where like we're recording and I hear her like in the other room. I've literally never seen her in like real time. I've never talked to her. Nothing. So this was like my introduction to Jody. So it's you, Jody, your your uh, Chris, Tyler, and some random dude that I've never heard talked about ever. So a good friend of mine named Cody, who actually was my brother-in-law, is no longer with my wife's sister. Um, and so him and I are still friends. We don't talk as much as I'd like. Um, but yeah, that's who he is. And he's, he was he was hilarious, but he was so bad on the show. I don't think you got one right on all three or four episodes yeah, you were on. I, like, I think because I didn't know him. Like, obviously, with people you know, you're rooting for him, right? And it's like, I've never met your wife. I've never met your brothers. But we've talked enough about them that I feel like I kind of, like, tertiarily know them. I don't think that's a word. But it's like, I kind of know who they are, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, it is it is really funny now. Like, obviously, like, just from my perspective, like, I know you very well. I know Jody very little. Like, I know Tyler just because Tyler's f- famous. And I've, I've like, I think I've interacted with Chris a couple of times, like, digitally. Like, on Twitter or, like, you know, Pokemon Go. Or I think there was one time that I was, like, on a voice chat with him at some point. So, sure. like, I kind I kind of know him. But it was really like a couple of like so I live tweeted this this thing that happened eight years ago and no one cared. Like, I didn't no even one liked, see it. No one liked it except for your mom. I think I only did this <laughs> for your mom. She got to go back and relive all of it. Good old mom of lemons. Did yeah, you tag did, I, me? Yes, like multiple times, and you ignored me. I was really sad. Boy, that must have been one of those crazy days because I love Twitter. Uh, it, it was. Here's the thing, John. Here's the thing. I, I don't fault you at all. I thought that you would see it later, and you actually did like it, so you did see it. But you you were at the Bucks 
championship basketball game. Oh, that's that same why. Day, that same day. So I like as it was happening. Like I, it was one of those things. I started tweeting about it, and then I saw that you were at the game. You uh-huh. know, so I was like, this was terrible timing, but I'm not going to stop watching. I figured you'd see it later, and I think you did. And I think you just saw me, and you're like, yep, yeah, like, and you didn't see the other like oh, 40 tweets funny. I said. So okay, pull it up. Can you pull it up? Because I think it'd be funny for you to, if since you didn't see it, I didn't realize you didn't see it at no, all. No, I have not read it all the way through. So what how, what do I type in and uh, to find it? I'm going to try to find it here, and I will send you like the top one, and hopefully we can go through it together. Um, because I like it was re- I, it was really fun for me <laughs> to kind of go back and do it. Let's see if I can text this. To all right, you. I found it. I found it. Okay, finally getting around to watching Bearded Bowens on Family Feud tonight. Get ready for live tweets. Oh, so that's the only one I liked, and I never read any of right. the rest. Yeah, there's like 40 other tweets. So um, this was back in 2015. That, that in the old version, right? Yeah. Um, it is like the the one of the biggest takeaways for me. There's two big takeaways. One is like I fell in love with Jody, like as a friend. I fell in love with Jody because I like I finally see why you think she's so amazing. You've hidden her from me <laughs> this entire time. Okay, you say she, no, no, no. You so say great. I've hidden her. You say I, I. She hides herself, dude. She, my Jody, wife hides herself, and I still, I, I, I am a good extrovert, and I rope her into things. Oh, you should know though that I have never once seen your wife either. Yes, you have. Nope. Nope, not IRL. I've only I played Pokemon Go with her. I have heard her voice, but I have <laughs> never ever seen her face live on on this that, on your that, camera. It's because you don't look at social media, as we just proved a moment ago. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> I tweeted about you 40 times and you saw it once. Dude, Jody's <laughs> funny though. Seriously, like she'll like if okay, no joke. And it, we're just gonna we're just gonna roll with this. I'm just gonna just be honest about who Jody is. She's this one of the sweetest people on the planet. I love her to death. If I said Taylor and his wife are coming over uh, to Chicago, let's have them over for dinner on Saturday night. She'd be like, oh, I don't know them. <laughs> we have 10 friends here that we never see. Why? I don't know that. And then I'm like, what? Why are you so mean? Love my friends. And then you'd come over and then she'd love you and you guys would be besties. That It's just, it's just who she is. So she like has no interest in my internet life. So <laughs> he, here's the thing. I think in ranking of like stole the show. This is so funny to me because, like, everyone knows that that Tyler, your brother, is the most famous person in the family. Like, he's one of the most famous people in the world, so it's not like yeah, yeah. it's not a surprise. I'm insulted. Right? I have sixteen thousand Twitter followers. Right, but here's the thing: people who stole the show, Chris, your brother, being the team captain and proving that he deserved to be the team captain the entire time. Chris stole the show. He was the best. Okay, <laughs> come on him. now, come on now. He was the best. Jody was second. <laughs> like, I'm coming in close, more closely connected to you. You were third. And then and then Tyler. And, and then, then that random dude that no one's <laughs> ever heard of before. So it's so funny to me that, like, you would assume, like, you know, when we get to, you know, like, the, the uh, celebrity family feud, like, obviously Tyler's, like, the most focused on. He's fourth <laughs> in, the, in the first one. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um. Like, literally one tweet was just, oh, Jody. Um, I'm reading these right now. Should I read them? Uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Starting with the 2015 version, I love that Chris is the team captain and John is last. Also, who's Cody? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Jody. Your <laughs> hairstyle is amazing. Oh, thanks, buddy. 
He's changed so much, but his laugh is still the same. Gotta love that laugh. Oh my gosh, I'm liking you, that. You had the the uh, like 2015 youth minister like faux hawk. I loved it because like I had that hairstyle back when I had hair way before 2015. Yeah, but like it it was yeah it was definitely like the punk rocker the little faux hawk you've, right. You've you've told us about, but we've never seen. I finally got to see it. There you go. Oh, John said socks and the other team stole. I don't remember that. Yeah, you got so you you got a lot of answers right. But like the first time where the other team, like it, it all came down to you. I don't, I forget what the thing was, but you you answered socks, which is just a, I, like it's a funny answer just for anything. I don't know what the question was, and the other team stole the points. So gotcha. Steve Harvey being surprised Ninja saying he was a professional gamer and now he's changed the game and become the most famous one ever. Good for him. And way for Steve to tell him to follow his dreams after the initial shock. Oh, that's lit. Yeah, Steve was like. What what do you mean? Like it was kind of like he didn't say anything like actually bad that he actually had to regret, you know? But he was like video games, pro gamer, and he's like he I think he kind of realized it. He's like, "You know what, man? Like that's good good for you. Follow your dreams, that sort of thing." Cuz like I think Steve was like the initial kind of like older guy thing, like video games, that's stupid. But he's like, "Well, I followed a stupid dream and look where I am." Yeah. You know? so, yeah, yeah. That's a great way of describing it. I I remember that vividly that happening. They that said the ladies that she doesn't want to be stuck in a pine cone. I don't know what that was. With some lady on the other time, she was like, it was something like, I don't, what, what do you not want to be stuck with? And, and, you know, the big answers were like knives. And that lady said pine cone. I'm like, who would say that? <laughs> Dude, Cody had one of the best answers, and I'm forgetting what it was, but it was like something like name something where, uh, I don't even know, bro. He gave the most dumb answer, and Steve Harvey looked at him like, like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I wish That's I could. I love that show. Steve Harvey's reactions are the best. Dang, the Blevins family was down 275 to zero and came back and won. Greatest comeback in TV history. You decide yes. Dude, it was, dude, Chris, like, y'all were down. And then, like, Chris scored like 190 points in the fast rounds. Like, unbelievable. It's the most points I've ever seen. That You know, of uh, for people that have watched the show, there's five number one answers. He got four of the five number yeah. one answers. And Tyler wild. got the last one. They, they broke a record for the most points in Fast Money. That was It was so cool. That was um, really fun. You you skipped one, one where I was making fun of you. Oh. So, you, like, it's like the thing in Family Feud where, like, it, when they're, you know, when they're saying, like, oh, the other family can steal if you get this wrong, you were the only person the entire time in the Blevins family that never put up the X. And I'm like, John, know how to play the game. <laughs> I think I did. I just think it's when they put me on camera, I didn't. You know? <laughs> This is well, great. That's all, uh, all, uh, on camera is all that matters. All right, keep going. Uh, Beard Bones looks like he's about to throw up when the game's on the line, but he came through. Love the celebration, bro. Dude, yeah, man. You, like when it because you were it came down to you again, right? Yeah. And you legitimately looked like you were gonna throw up, and then you got the right answer, and I was so relieved for you, <laughs> dude. Because in my head, in my head, first of all, in my head, I was gonna say deer. I was gonna say the same thing he said, and he got it first. And when, as soon as he hit the buzzer, I was like, "We're going home," and it's all because of me. Like I didn't hit the buzzer fast enough. I was I was about to throw up. So that's I'll never forget the feeling when I got that right. That was awesome. Invictus crushing it with 191 in fast money. Never seen a single person get that many points alone. Well done. Ninja came through with the cleanup. That was amazing. Um, now the real question is: Did Beard of Bones and Jody get a double yeah. portion of the money since they're married? I yes! tweeted about this, and y'all y'all actually talked about it in a later episode. Did we? Because I was like, yeah, yeah, like in a, in one of the later ones. Um, because y'all were talking about like who gets the car and you had to like argue like, Oh, I think we should get the car. Cause we just had our first kid like so long ago, your kids are like grown now, you know? Uh, but I, I always wonder cause like there's five people, but if two are married, like did y'all get a double portion? Yeah. So, okay. Fun fact. So fun fact, Jody was actually pregnant while we were filming the show. So when we said, if we yeah, did, y'all if, announced it okay. on the show. So if yeah. we did say like, we have the kid that's cause it aired when, when, when we had the baby. So that's funny. Um, <clears throat> we actually, I brought it up. So we won on a Friday. 
And we were going to miss our flight home if we lost because we were the last family to go on. And then, so we got to spend Saturday, Sunday, all expenses paid in Atlanta to come back on Monday and film, right? On Saturday night, I I brought it up. I was like, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a point of contention, but it shouldn't be because we're two of us. Like we both get our share. Right. It's as simple as. And so I brought it up just because I was like, oh, let's just be clear about it. And we got into a pretty big fight. Like I forget who was mad. I, I don't know who was mad. It was um, probably Cody. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, probably Cody. But, like, that there were people that were like, well, that doesn't seem fair. And it's like, why? We're both doing the work, like, of, of each other. And so, and so, and they ended up being like, yeah, it makes sense. I think it was Jeff. I think it was Ty's wife who was like, I don't know if they're married at the time. Maybe they, they, were. they weren't. He was dating someone else. So. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, but I think Jess might have been there, though. No, okay, I think. May, oh, 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 I, I, I misspoke. They, were they weren't married, but they might have been. It might have been her. He didn't mention who it was, but I think. Yeah, I think they were dating. So she was with us on the trip. And she she definitely was the one who was like, everyone shut up. It definitely makes sense that they get it. And so yeah, we did. Yeah, good. so we did that's get double, good. which was very nice. Which is, which is funny now, thinking about like the amount of money that Tyler has made. And I, I don't right? know about your brother, but like you've done well. All, everybody has done well. But I could imagine back then when nobody had any money, like, we have a kid. We need this money. Yeah. yeah. No, it was seriously. funny just like knowing what I know now and watching it back then. A lot of funny things like that. Us winning that money, Jody and I both being able to get what we got from Family Feud, is what allowed us to take the job in Illinois and buy a house. That's so cool. Otherwise, I would have turned. I would have had to turn down like a dream job. That's awesome. Okay, we're running out of time. Let's skip to a couple of these. Um, uh, you answered. I forget what the question was, but just the fact that you answered with the word "fart" and that was the correct answer, and y'all won. That's the most Jonathan Bearded Blevins moment of all time. <laughs> I like actually forgot that happened, and I'm so glad that you reminded me because that's amazing. <laughs> Oh man, I've the other thing like everyone bounces on the show. No one bounces in real life, and apparently they go on Family Feud. Like all the families bounce the whole time, and I was very confused by that. Um, but then we get to the one where like y you guys got to face off against like Juju Smith Schuster and his family. That was the the, the celebrity one. Um, y'all didn't win that one, but y'all won all the previous ones. And, uh, like, honestly, I think I just did this so that your mom could, could relive it and enjoy it. That's amazing. You just made my entire day. I didn't even know that was coming up. I love that. <laughs> Good. It was three weeks ago. Um, so like I got to spend a, like, like a lot of time with you guys. It was, it was about two hours, uh, almost two hours where I watched your family on Family Feud, because y'all were on it three times when y'all were winning back in the day, and then, you know, the one time with, with Juju. And uh, so I, I it was it was that thing of like, okay, I got to experience this. I feel like I'm, you know, closer friend with John, John, because it's like this big this big moment in his life, uh, or these couple big moments in his life. And, and it was cool. And then I thought I was done, like, reminiscing with you and your family. And we started. I started watching The Masked Singer with with my kids. Okay. Uh, we we love it. I love singing competitions. It gets better every season. I watched season one at the beginning of the pandemic. We started season two, and season two just blows it out of the water. Like everybody on it, the talent level just went way up. Like even the people who got voted off on the first couple of episodes were like way better than some of the people who made it. <laughs> you know, in the previous yeah. season. So accidentally, I got to like be involved with your family again because we're watching it my kids love it they love the costumes and all this stuff and i'm like i think i i think that singer is tyler like there was there was like uh uh things about youtube and gaming and 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 all these things and like his costume like the hair of the the ice cream cone that he was yeah. was blue and i'm like he has blue hair like so i started guessing who it was so you know, they get these celebrities who aren't, usually aren't typically known for singing, but they're famous for other things. And then they go on and they sing. It's kind of something new for them. 
And so we watch it. We enjoy it. He does great. And then he takes off the head and it's revealed for sure that it's your brother on The Masked Singer. And my son, <laughs> we've talked about this before. My son has no idea who he, that your brother's famous. He just goes, hey, I've played Pokemon Go with him. <laughs> <laughs> and he has no concept that like everybody on this show is famous. He just thinks that I'm watching like I was watching you, my friend, on TV do this cool thing on Family Feud. He was like, oh, look, there's, there's Ninja. I, I caught a Pokemon with him once. That is so <laughs> funny, man. That is so funny. And I sometimes forget that Ty was on that show, but I found out the day of. Like, he just couldn't tell anyone anything, and even yeah. us. And so we got a text that morning, and he's just like, his, from Jess. And Jess was like, make sure you watch The Masked Singer tonight at 8 p.m. And I was like, why? Well, I never watched that show. Why am I going to watch it tonight? And also, what if I had something going on? Like, I, I would have been so upset. I didn't schedule something around seeing my brother on this show. And so we watched it live and let our kids stay up. And they're like, Uncle Tyler. And my kids, yeah, still, exactly. my kids still don't know who he is. They just They know that like Ninja is Uncle Tyler, but they don't know who Ninja is. They just know right. like what his logo is and that he plays video games. They think he's good at martial arts or something. Yeah, they literally know nothing. They learned more at Totus Tuus about who he is from other first graders than they've ever learned from him or us, which I love. It's like protecting them a little bit, I think. Um, anyway, they stayed up and watched it, and they're like, why is Uncle Tyler on the show? We're like, yeah. well, we were on Family Feud. It's hilarious. <laughs> right. Well, all that to say is uh, it, it was a good – like watching all of that was fun to just kind of get to know you and get to know your family a little bit more, even though you ignored me all summer. And I'm glad that you're back. Absence made the heart grow fonder. I'm glad you're here, Betty. I'm glad to be back. And let's play video games again soon. All right. Well, as glad as I'm, as glad as I, that's what you said at the beginning of the summer. And we never did it. Uh, you're never also, on anymore. I'm on all the time. Wow. Uh, <laughs> He's like, I've been playing more. I, I Yeah. I, I, I don't have any friends to talk to. So I just played single player games. Um, so anyway, I'm trying to get out of this segment. So as much as I missed you, I'm going to kick you out for this next one uh, <laughs> for an interview with, with our, our mutual friend, Chris Frank, who was in town. Uh, so he came into the studio, this guy I barely know. And I'm like, hey, you want to come to the water closet at my house? And he's like, sure. So we talked about hope. Don't go anywhere. One of the really cool things about that God that we all love is that we can encounter him anywhere. We can do it at church. We can encounter him uh, just at home, at a park, taking a walk. Uh, but there are some really, really special places where we can especially encounter God in a special way. Uh, yes, of course, our churches, but also uh, on these things called pilgrimages, where you take a trip to a holy place. It could be the Holy Land, like the place where Jesus and his disciples walked. It could be Rome, where the church was built and has its foundation. And like where, you know, obviously where the Pope lives now, but also like you get to encounter all the saints and all the, th there's so many different places where you can go on pilgrimage for a very special encounter with God. And uh, Select International Tours has a bunch of different ways that you can do that with the world beginning to open up again. Uh, they're starting their pilgrimages again. And you can find out how you can encounter God on one of these tours by going to ForteCatholic.com slash tours. That's ForteCatholic.com slash tours to book your pilgrimage today. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll, and I am joined today in studio by a guest that uh, we didn't know this was happening 20 nope, minutes ago. sure didn't. <laughs> so Chris is in town for, uh, you're doing some training and talk speaking and stuff. Yep. And uh, we met up and had lunch with everybody there. And then uh, the, your Here host, we are. That's... The, uh, the other Chris was like, hey, we've got like 30 minutes until you have to leave for your flight. And I'm like, I've got 18 minutes of yeah. show that we can yeah. do. <laughs> Let's fill the time. So I'm, I'm glad that you're here. Yeah. So I have, we met 
like three years ago. I've known you for longer just because you've you know done speaking and stuff at sure. conferences and those sort of things. Uh, but we met at a conference because you had just started working for Vagabond Mi- uh, Mis- Ministries, missions? missions, missions. But it kind of goes back and forth. I mean. We just let people say whatever they want, but Vagabond Missions is is the official name. Yeah, people say whatever they want about yeah. me, whether I <laughs> yeah, want right. them to Same or here. not. Same yeah. here. <laughs> so, like, that's when I first met you because I, I had heard about Vagabond because, like, mm-hmm. I had done uh, events and stuff with Bob Lesnesky, which was weird because, like, when I was in the guy that started it. So when I was in junior high, he was like the rap, the rapper that came and like did the yeah. entertainment and then spoke yeah. about Jesus and stuff. Yeah. When Righteous I was in like, B, right? yeah, Righteous was in B, sixth grade, yeah, and then I ended up like doing an event with him like fifteen years <laughs> later, ten years later. So I knew him, and then I was excited that you had gotten started. And at that conference, we were like, "Man, we got to get you on the podcast." And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> here we later. are. Finally, I'm not the a liar. Stars aligned. Exactly. The stars aligned. It just took a while. Yeah. Um. So. I didn't know that you even knew I existed and you remembered me. Of course, me. <laughs> of course. Yeah. We were, so, yes, yes, of course. I don't remember, you know, all the details because we were actually just talking about this. I had some health issues a while ago. Mm-hmm. When we met, we were at a seat conference, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was like the pinnacle of like, oh no, I'm sick. Oh, so really? I didn't know Physically, that. I was there. Mentally, I was a thousand other places. But today, here mentally, here physically, I'm doing fine. So again, we're here. But of course, of course, I know you. Yeah, that's good. And it's just one of those things that, like, I've been on both ends of this, this, um, where it's like, you meet somebody at a conference, and I'm like, oh yeah, they know me now, and I've learned enough to know that they don't, right? But at the same time, like, I've been on the other end where too, where yeah. like people will meet me, and I'm like, I, I know you, or like, yeah, I don't even know. Like, one of my closest friends. We met like two years before I thought we met. <laughs> I didn't yeah, even yeah. know, you know. Yeah. Um. So, uh, two big things. You worked for Vagabond Missions, which yes. is uh, we are in an elevator. It'd be cool if I did like an effect of us going up. An yeah, elevator, just but I'm not going whoop. to because that's too much work. Yeah. But uh, Vagabond Missions, in a nutshell. Yeah. So we do inner city Catholic youth ministry. So we go to neighborhoods or cities where there's not a lot of outreach being done. And we set up shop to do our best to build relationships with teens in the city so that they could build a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's awesome. Yeah. Simple, and, right? And Elevator pitch? I, yeah. It was Doors open, it was, right? Yeah, we yeah. only went up one floor. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, those of you who have been listening to the show might have heard Liv say, I think she mentioned it, yeah. that her son, Zach, yeah. who's 18 years old, yeah. just graduated high school, just started up with 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 yeah. you guys so you've been soon to be to running the place yeah, well <laughs> soon soon to be running the show yeah zach incredible. i think eventually i hope it's not soon well cause... we'll see what we'll see how he plays it but uh, no he's a great great man and uh, we're excited to have him on the team he's still a kid to me so well uh, it's it's fine yeah. but um but also like you i mean you were well known before you even started vagabond like you spoke and i like i didn't know you wrote a book but you wrote a uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you wrote a book all about hope so uh Elevator pitch. Now we're going to go d- back down the floor. Yeah, yeah. Of who you are outside of your <laughs> day job. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I just had some time on my hands and had this message that I wanted to kind of convey because I think if there's a forgotten virtue that that maybe we need to kind of hold on to, specifically now coming out of COVID and everything else, I mean, we just need hope. This idea that like, yes, things are bad and things are not okay, but it's going to be okay. And so how do we capture that? How do we hold on to that? And then how do we practically apply that in various situations? So in the book, I try to give a blueprint of not how to necessarily maneuver every situation, but how to hold on to hope in 
a lot of the ups and downs that life throws us. Yeah. And those who have been listening to the show over the last, whatever it was, 16 months since last March, know that hope has been lacking on the <laughs> show. <laughs> uh, it's one of those things where like, and I was going to think about it, because like, when, when we were talking about what we we're going to talk about on the way over here, you mentioned hope, and I was like, I think I do have this like deep underlying hope that like things are going to be better. Right. But everything that I actually feel and experience is like everything's gone to crap, everything's falling, and I'm just going to like go about my life. So I think like <laughs> I was going to say like clear clear like a loser of like faith, hope and love for me has been hope. But faith and love have been lacking too. But I think it's still <laughs> yeah, yeah. lowest totem pole for me would be yeah. hope, and yeah. then faith, and then well, love's been fine. I guess. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And I'm right there with you. Like all three are extremely difficult to live, right? <laughs> but yeah, and and hope is hope is hard to articulate. Like love makes sense, right? And I think faith is like kind of drilled into us if we're around the church long enough, right? But what's what's hope, you know? And so. Yeah, I think it's not an uncommon experience for a lot of people to be saying exactly what you're saying or feeling what you're feeling because, yeah, when life is disappointing, it's easy to think that God is disappointing. And so how do you just balance that or navigate that? Again, it's not as simple as just saying, like, I'm going to be hopeful because everything in you doesn't feel like that's really possible. Yeah, and I think, like, th like the underlying versus how I, I feel, like, daily is, like, I am happy, right? Like, right, I'm, right, I'm, I'm happy, right. like, things are good. I just don't think or feel that things are going to get better for me. Right. And that's, I, I would right. imagine, the right. lack of hope, right? Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's, it's interesting, too, because, like, I think a lot of times, like, we kind of equate hope with wishful thinking, right? Like, I hope the line at Chick-fil-A is not too long, or, like, I hope my wife gets me and, that Apple Watch I want. Here's the thing. I'm going to pause you. I know you're trying to make a spiritual <laughs> point. No. But for those of, just life point, for those of you that don't know, Y'all have Chick Fil A where you live, or no? No, I live in Steubenville, Ohio. We don't have any good food. But <laughs> I worked at the Applebee's in Steubenville, Ohio, and I can. I, my, my, I, can, <laughs> I, can I don't change my statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying. I'm okay, I, with you. <laughs> we have one restaurant I like. We have one restaurant I like. Yeah. Bennigan's. It's great. Good owner. Yeah, but besides go. that, <laughs> yeah, you had to. Uh, we have to go to tracking. Pittsburgh to get to Chick Fil A. Right. I'll say that. So Chick Fil A, we. I mean, they were. You know, they grow on trees out here. And everybody talks about the line at Chick-fil-A and how fast it is. You know what's even faster? Order in the app and just drive up and they bring it to you immediately. Mm -hmm. That's how you do Chick-fil-A. Anyway, back yes, to Jesus. And no, Hope. no. That <laughs> that's really why we came here today. Practical that's that's the message that we needed. <laughs> that's gonna help a lot of people. And then yeah, let's, you know, kind of just double down on that with hope because yeah, we need Chick-fil-A tips in our life. At least I do. And so but what was I saying? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't I'm, matter. I'm okay, hope. Oh, I, I remember. Like, we, we treat it like if it's just pie-in-the-sky optimism, right? Like, I just hope that things just kind of shake out the way that I want them to shake out. And the reality is, is, like, none of us get a hall pass in suffering, right? Like, none of us are going to get through this life totally unscathed. And so how do we hold on to these promises and these truths that have been given to us through the church and through Christ when everything in the world seems to be kind of pushing back against that? And so... Again, hope is not necessarily about fixing all of our problems, but fixing our perspective. Yeah. So I, I like that because the times that we feel the least amount of hope is when our situations are dire or not right. good, right? Right. So, and, and oftentimes we can't change that situation. Like we just went through, the whole world went through a situation <laughs> right, right. where we couldn't do anything about it. Um, and then just like personally, like as, as a man, as a husband, as a father, right. as a, as a, uh, ministry person like whatever 
the, the, the labels we have that are very similar. <laughs> I, yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. listing those yeah. off. I'm like, oh, I was talking about both of us. Yeah. But like anybody listening, it's like we have things that just suck in life. Yes. Um, and hope may, maybe the things won't get better because we are promised suffering in yes. this life. Maybe the situation isn't going to get better, but I like what you said because I, I hadn't really thought about that. We were like, hope isn't just the situation is better and then I'm happy. It's finding hope in the middle of that crap. Yes, yes. It's it's holding on to those promises. That that hope, again, theological virtue given to us in our baptism. So it's not like any of us who are baptized are without hope. We have it. It's just a matter of how do we harness it and how do we really cultivate it. But it's really, again, about keeping our eyes kind of like fixed on heaven and those beatific promises that were given to us by Jesus. And again, it's not that like, it's okay to suffer now because the next life is going to be fantastic. Like all of that is somewhat or really true. terrible. The yeah, or, or really, or really terrible. It is kind of an extreme point, isn't it? But, but sometimes I think we think like, well, I'm suffering now, but I guess like in 60 years, hopefully after like a long life of suffering and and sadness, then I'll be happy. Like God wants us to have a good life now and a good life later. But the reality is, is that we live in a broken world and we're broken people, and there's consequences to that. But again. St. Peter says that we have to have a reason for our hope, but that reason is Jesus, right? And again, Paul, or or probably Paul, if you're going to kind of argue who wrote Hebrews, but yeah, I think yeah. it's Paul, right? Uh, like, he says that it's an anchor, right? Like, Jesus, the anchor for our hope, but like, that anchor isn't like just thrown off the side of our, our lives, off the side of the boat, and like just sinking on a rock somewhere, just kind of like holding us. Like, we throw that up into heaven, you know, and then we hold on to those heavenly promises, <laughs> hoping that as like the boat rocks, that we're actually still somewhat connected to, you know, all those good things. Let me tell above you what us. my mind just Yeah, did. show me. Because <laughs> yeah. I've never used that analogy. And as I was saying, I was like, I don't know if this makes sense. It, it, it's it's it a weird 100% image. 100% makes sense. It's a weird image. For my brain. Because here's what my brain was doing. As you're talking about the anchor, like I've heard that, you know, like from uh, Cornerstone, that big song, yeah. my anchor yeah, holds yeah, yeah, yeah. in the veil. Yeah. And I was like, what makes is the veil? Why, is, why are we throwing anchors in, t- in the synagogue? I was yeah. very confused. But then I was thinking like, okay, boats. Like I grew up yeah. on the coast. Like the anchor holds it down. And I was even yeah. thinking like that even makes sense for how, like how I've been saying that I've been experiencing a lack of hope. Yeah. We're like, there is this deep underlying thing, the yeah. anchor, yeah. where I know that I'm safe, yes. but I'm way up there on the boat where yeah. I'm being tossed around mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And then you switch the anchor from going down, down. to going up. Yeah. And now I'm on the boat just going, whoa! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but isn't that how life feels sometimes? That's it's exactly like, how this I feel. is how I feel all the time. And so I'm just going to write a book about it. And that's <laughs> that's what I did. It's so funny I'm because already you thought dizzy. it was a bad analogy, but it's the best way I've yeah, been yeah. able to describe like, my so lack funny. of hope. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically <laughs> it. I don't... That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. So here's here's what I'm thinking. Because I yeah. think like first half of our conversation has been you, you you talked about like holding on to the truths, and I think a, more than half of the people listening to the show have heard about hope before. They, sure. It's been preached to them. They, yeah, they've heard it before. Course. But a lot of times, like even as I'm hearing it, even though I've heard a lot of the stuff that you're saying, yep. it's like new perspective for my situation mm-hmm. right now. But at the same time, like I. I even for me, who has heard a lot about hope, I've talked about hope, and I'm hearing it right now, I'm still finding it hard to be like, okay, but practical. 
Practically. Right? What does this actually look like? Because I've heard it preached from the pulpit. Yep. We just heard you talk about it for 10 minutes. Yep. The next 10 minutes, let's be like, how are we going to... What does this actually look like for me when I'm having a crappy day? What does yeah. it look like for the mom struggling with her kids? What does it look like for the person yep. that hates their job? Like, What does that practically look like? Yeah, yeah. And I think there's some basic principles that we'll you know, kind of dive into now. But you know, life is nuanced, right? right? And so these have to be applied and kind of shifted and, uh, you know, again change a little bit depending on the circumstance but again some of these foundational things first and foremost and this is always like the first thing that we should probably say right like we got to pray like we got to go to Jesus because there are so many times when like life stinks and again when life stinks I often think that God stinks and so I don't pray like I, I turn into one of my little kids who is throwing a tent like a, some kind of tantrum and and I'm like well if you're gonna do this to me then I'm not gonna pray and I'm gonna show you because I, I, I can't you, relate with I that know at right all. right and of course maybe that's not like the total straight kind of stream of consciousness that I'm thinking through in that moment but when you boil it down it's it's something yeah, like that totally right right life just stinks so it's easier to watch Netflix than to pray and it's a theological virtue. It's a moment where we connect with God and that we remember those promises. So if we're not taking that time to connect with God, the idea of having hope in God is going to be extremely foreign. And so we got to take time to pray. And again, that sounds sweet. And again, in like youth ministry or church circles, like that's always the answer. I always tell kids, like if you like zone out during small groups and someone asks you a question, like just say pray and you're probably going to be right. Like, I mean, that's always like the answer. Like you're fine. But we never really talk about how challenging that can be, specifically when life is challenging. But if we want to be people of hope, we need to be people of prayer. So I think that's the first thing we need to do. And that's not just saying like when crap hits the fan, hit your knees. It means that every single day when things are good or when things are bad, we're having that relationship with God and that we're connecting with him so that when things do get rough, we're not just going to him like he's some kind of cosmic vending machine who's going to give us when we want and we just put in those right combinations. As long as you get the right amount of money. That's right. That's true. That's true. Remember to tithe, folks. But, but that we're in this habit of just knowing that like God is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. And so whether my circumstances change, God does not. And I'm already in a relationship with him and he's not getting out of this boat, no matter how crazy the storm gets around me. And so we really need to develop a way of prayer to develop pr- hope. Yeah. It ma- it makes sense because like, like the, the natural thing is like, I, the reason I don't have hope is because I don't see a change or I don't see like a human yeah. way out of this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it seems so weird that I stop praying in those scenarios. Right. Cause like I'm, I'm admitting like there's, I'm admitting defeat where like, yep. there's no way out of this when the only ticket out of it is God. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not, yeah. Th- not that he is just the ticket to get out sure. of stuff, but he is like, yep. he's the only, he's the only thing, thing person that could help me in this situation. And I'm like, but I don't want to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, man. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think, I think it's just so important and it's one of those messages that sounds trite. Just pray just pray about it. But at its heart and at its core, like the importance of prayer and taking that time to be with God really is foundational for living a life of hope. I think the other thing that we can do, and again, this is just kind of like a 1A, is is stay close to the church, but specifically the sacraments. And Mm. I know we're coming out of a season where that wasn't always available, but now as things begin to open back up, I mean, the Eucharist is Jesus himself, right? The source of our hope, the source and summit of our faith. And so to be able to receive that grace in such a tangible way, whether it's the Eucharist 
or even reconciliation because let's be honest sometimes our lack of hope is not because like life sucks it's because like we've been sucking right, right? Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be able to go and just hear the priest act in persona christi and speak that hope of forgiveness back into our lives is an incredibly powerful and real grace right and so to stay close to the sacraments right so those are kind of the two things that i think are like super spiritual right yeah. and and foundational but then even just more practically like we need to have some people around us who understand our struggle of hope or at least our struggle with life who then can speak hope back into our yeah, life, yeah. right? To yeah. just have those guys who are like, hey, I know things have been like really tough at home. Like, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Or like, how are you doing? Like, can we go grab a beer? Can we get get some time, you know, just away and just talk, you know? And I just want to make sure you're doing all right. Like, yeah. when I have some friends who do that for me, I can go from feeling like a zero to a hero in just five yeah, minutes, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I can yeah. just be so filled and so overwhelmed with just the fact that somebody cares and sees me in this moment of, loneliness or hurt or whatever it might be but just the fact that they gave that time makes me feel like i have enough hope to take on the next day yeah, right yeah. so uh, i think that's a, a huge piece too because again we're coming out of a season where we were all pretty much isolated they, they called it distancing but realistically the the fruit of it was that we were isolated and maybe yeah. if you were proactive you facetimed or called somebody i didn't yeah. right i i just kind of sat there and i had my family which was a saving grace but it was still a really lonely season, right? So to be able to get, kind of get back and sit with people and talk with people and, again, share truth and, and life to one another, I think, is a great way of fostering hope. Yeah. Uh, I will give one more practical. Yeah. Go buy your book. Not you. <laughs> that's everybody else. Yeah. T tell us how we can do that. Yeah. So uh, Amazon or uh, Pauline Books and Media, it's just out there. Again, search the interwebs. It's there. You can go to some Catholic bookstores. You can find it there as well. It's called Hope Always. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we're just waiting for the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that might be helpful. And then uh, how do people find you? Because you, you seem cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, you can find me um, through... Uh, through my website, but I'm just going to be pretty transparent. I don't jump on it as much as I probably should. So it's ChristopherFrank.com. But if you want to find me maybe a little quicker, uh, you can go through Vagabond Missions. So VagabondMissions.com, my contact's there. Reach out. I would love to talk to you, hang out, and uh, get to know you a little bit. And I will do a follow-up conversation with Liv next time she's on about how Zach is doing, her yeah. son, yeah. Uh, hanging out with you guys. Yeah. So Chris, thanks for being here. Thanks for I having me. I have to literally drive you to the I home got, base now to get on a plane. I so. got a flight to catch. But <laughs> it's right. been fun. Chris just leave it. I'll All be right, right back. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. If you're a married person that sometimes feels lonely, welcome to the club. Go find your spouse and say hello to them. Maybe more, but I don't think I should say anymore. If you're a single person that often feels lonely, don't do the things that married people do. Find a date at catholicmatch.com slash forte. Yes, that's what we're going with today. I'm running out of ideas. This is our 20th ad for Catholic Match. And if you haven't signed up yet and you're a single Catholic, then you just wasted 20 of your minutes. You're wasting my time. You're wasting your time. Go sign up today, catholicmatch.com slash forte, so that you don't have to feel lonely until you get married. And then pray and find friends and uh, love your spouse. But until then, catholicmatch.com slash forte. Welcome back to Forte Catholic, and welcome back to Jonathan Blevins. Back to the show after a few months, and back after we, you know, we, we were like, hey, welcome back. Also, don't be here for this interview. Uh, so yeah, kicked me out on episode one. <laughs> right. Uh, we got to ease you back in a little bit. We can't get you tired of me after after just one recording. So, uh, as, as you guys know, I edit podcasts for a living. That's essentially what my life has become. And I was editing one. 
recently uh, where Dr. Bob Rice came on. It's still so weird that he's a doctor because Bob, if you know Bob Rice, he's been a leader in the youth ministry, Catholic youth ministry world for years. I, I had him as a professor in grad school and he got his doctorate and like he's like so fun and down to earth. Like he's like the least doctor person I've, I've ever met. Except for how he dresses. Yeah, the bow tie. The bow tie, the bow tie and sure. the baggy jeans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's great. He's one of my favorite people alive. And they were talking about youth and young adult ministry and, and all these things. But he said this one thing that really stuck out to me in this conversation. And he said that only 8% of Catholics in the world reside in North America. It That blew my mind. We think we are so important. We think that, you know, all of our discourse on the internet and we then and, and our podcasts and our ministries and our our American way of life, we think we're so important. And the Vatican's like, you're you're eight percent of what we have to care about. Which is almost ten percent. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But like I like I think in my mind like American because we're like you know we're, we're the best and we're so important and we're just like eh. <laughs> yeah we do that I think it's good perspective I saw your tweet when you tweeted that and was like oh yeah that is good perspective there was a thread and you just liked the top one <laughs> yeah I didn't read any of those <laughs> um, no, I I remember looking at it, though and being like like I've kind of known I have I didn't know the number was eight percent but I always have in the last few years have tried to say like oh let's put this into perspective right like even with this latest letter that Pope Francis wrote which we're maybe probably not getting into like he it's he it's not like he knows everything that's happening in America. He doesn't know who Taylor Marshall is. So he's not making any of these decisions based on like the, the things we know on Catholic Twitter. He's listening to his bishops and his and all that kind of stuff and right or wrong what his bishops are telling him. Uh, but yeah, we're we're just eight percent, man. We got we could do our thing. We have the USCCB here. Like that's where if we want to make any kind of changes or reform or protest, like focus it at the USCCB and not at Papa Frank. Pope Francis, not Chris Frank, who was just on the show. Yeah, good clarification. <laughs> Pope Francis. Direct all your complaints to Chris Frank about the Catholic Church in America. But what was interesting, John, is like, you know, you have what the the kids like to say, clout on the internet. Like, okay. you've got a bunch of followers, and you you say stuff, and people people like it, and they share it, and they engage with it. I, I don't. I, 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 you know, tweet things, and no one cares. But this one, I got some pushback, uh, and I found it fascinating. Um, one one person, and like I I don't hate these guys that that push back, but I found that I found it interesting that I got pushed back on this. Like one guy was saying, actually, it's closer to twenty percent, and he shared like a Wikipedia link, and I'm like, well, first of all, like Bob Rice studies this stuff. It's what he like he studied these demographics because he's helping to like rewrite the youth, young adult and campus ministry document with the USCCB. Like he's a huge influence on these things and he's been studying these things. So I'm like, first of all, I like, we do this a lot where we're like, I'm going to use this Wikipedia thing. So f- first point, yeah, I trust Dr. Bob Rice who studies this stuff way more than I trust a Wikipedia link that you can just look up. But even even if, let's just say, okay, doctors can be wrong. Bob could be wrong. Let's just say he was wrong. The, the thing was like, actually, it's 8% in the U.S., not 8% in North America. I'm like, first of all, I don't trust your source. But even if I did, that's still the point. <laughs> like, like, right. I, I, when I think about like my life experience, I don't, like, I'm not thinking about Mexico. My experience is in the U.S., right? And that's the experience of most of our listeners. Hey, Canada, I know that you have a percentage as well. Eight, we'll, we'll say 8%, maybe 20 on Wikipedia. But 
I, I just found it fascinating that like, and, and then the the other pushback was uh, wild. Like these are people I don't know that don't follow me. I don't know how this. I guess free okay. or whatever. And the other one was like, well, we give twenty two percent of the money to the Vatican, like you know, the money that the Vatican gets from all the dioceses in the world. And I'm like, and and and, 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 and like they even said like we are important. And I'm like, no, you're missing it. You're missing the point. Like, this is the problem, is that we think that we're the most important because we're the biggest. We're not. Because we give the most money. Maybe we do, but that's not the point. Right. <laughs> what do you got to say? I mean, me? What do I have to say? Yes, you. I no, th- th- Chris, <laughs> we're going to bring Chris Frank back. I, I think I think the point you're trying to make is very well taken. Uh, and I think it actually points to a bigger – So, because obviously you make that point with a bunch of crazy things in the last few weeks happening – in the Catholic Twitter world, particularly in America, with some crossover with Rome, uh, you know, happening and, and whatever. And so there's been a lot of contention uh, and a lot of fighting on Catholic Twitter lately. And so I think I'm assuming that's where you're, you know, why you tweeted what you tweeted. Um, right. Yeah. OK. So you're trying to make a point. Our, and, and- our arguments are now. Now, I'm not saying we're not important. Everybody is important and has value. Yeah. But I'm saying that we have overemphasized our importance of our American experience of the church and even more so the smaller, smaller, smaller percentage of American Catholics who are engaged in social media. Yeah. Apology to anyone who listens to the show whose name is Karen, but we've basically just kind of become such a Karen as American Catholics, right? We're like, you have to, I want to talk to the manager. You come, I want to talk to you and complain to you about this. This is crazy. How could you make this decision? And I think that one of the, what you're pointing to this 8% tweet it actually points to a larger issue that I think we have as a church, which is that it's really, 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 really hard to govern a church with this many people in it, with so few bishops and cardinals and and priests, right? So, like, I, I'm in the Diocese of Chicago. Cardinal Supich, there's all, everyone wonders if him and Pope Francis are buddies and they text all the time. I, I promise you they don't text all the time. They might have meetings. They, they, they meet once every four years. Yeah, I, like, I don't know about yours in particular, but like literally there are planned meetings with bishops from around the world where the Pope meets with them every four to five years for about 30 minutes. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's it. Here's the thing, right? I know that Cardinal Supich does not meet with his priests all the time. And I know that he that it's not super often that he gets to even meet with his bishops all the time. And if that's the case... Here in Chicago, how much crazier is it with Pope Francis and all the cardinals and bishops in yeah. America alone? And so, if anything, it just it, it's a great way of showing that that we might need some type of reform in some way in order to make sure that our bishops and our priests are on the same page and able to work closer together when they're so far away from each other geographically, so spread out, and you know bishops aren't able to know what mass looks like at this parish versus this parish, and so all that kind of stuff I think is one of the bigger issues in the church. Not so much like what Pope Francis is 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 or is not saying about America. Yeah, I think we. Just, I think it just for me, it just rem- it's a very, you know, you joked earlier about not being good with numbers. Like numbers do a lot for me, right? Maybe I'm not good with them, but like stats like this do a lot for me. Where it's like people could tell me, oh, you, know, you need to be more humble uh, in your personal life, or more humble on the internet, or more humble on the podcast. Like anybody can be told that, but for me to see that stat. Like it's humbling in and of itself. It's not somebody telling me to be. It automatically like makes me more humble. Where I'm like, man, like we are important to the people. Like I'm, I'm important to my family. I'm important enough to the people that listen for the for people to continue listening. Right. Um, we have our influence where we have it, but 
it, it's just a reminder. You talked about, you know, certain people on the internet that do kind of close their blinders and think that they're all right about everything. And it's like, well, we, we need to be a little bit more humble and open to maybe our experience isn't the experience of every Catholic in the world. Yeah. And I think it's good for us to remember that, like, we need to take a step back and, and pray. We are one of however many billions of people in this world, yet God loves us so intimately, more than Pope Francis ever could and more than the, you know, the entire Catholic Church could, uh, you know, if, if they listen to our tweets and stuff. And we're, we're so worried about tweeting the correct things all the time and trying to make change on Twitter when we've got the God of the universe who wants us to spend time with him. We should do that more. Very good. Very good. You are important. You are loved by God, by the, by your family, by those around you. Uh, you're just not as important as you think you are on the internet. Uh, that goes for you. That goes for me. That goes for everyone listening. Uh, I, I just thought it was a per, uh, kind of a perspective shifter for me and, and kind of helped explain a lot of the like frustrations I've had with like how people have been acting and responding to all sorts of things, you know? So uh, anyway, that that's, that's what we're going to end the show with today. John, I'm glad that you are back. It's good to have you. It's good to be back, man. The Olympics are on. Gosh, well, what a good yeah, time. They are. They are. So uh, that's all for our show today. Uh, if you want to go back and, and uh, relive some of John and I's friendship, we did our Forte flashback with John just a couple of days ago. You can check that out wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. That was John's first time as a guest on the show before he was a co-host. So make sure that you guys check that out. Uh, John will be back in a month. I'll be back next week. See ya! See ya! Thank you guys so much for sticking with us to the end of the episode today. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you are listening in Apple Podcasts specifically, leave us a review. A little five stars. Say, hey, this show is good. Like, that's literally all we need is just some words and five stars. Uh, connect with us throughout the week at Taylor Schroll on Instagram and Twitter. And at Forte Catholic on Twitter as well. Also, Forte Catholic has a Facebook page and LinkedIn if you're over the age of 40 and want to follow us. We've got some stuff going on there, too. Just search Forte Catholic. All right. Well, that's all for me today. Uh, goodbye. I hope that you have a good week. Okay. See ya. Bye. Adios.